John Amundsen, and I want to welcome you to the next podcast in the series of podcasts presented for you by the Psychologist Association of Alberta. The purpose of the podcast is to present information that is timely, topical, and even controversial to the membership. And uh, today, it's a bit of a controversial podcast. Uh, it has to do with David Attenborough's recent comments on uh, um, sustainability on our planet. <clears throat> And then, by extension, an article from the behavioral scientist on the same topic. And of that topic, we shall jump right in. Uh, Attenborough has come out and made a very powerful statement regarding animal farming. And he uh, has recognized that uh, we must, I'll read a quote, this is his quote, we must change our diet. The true tragedy of our time is still unfolding the lack of biodiversity. Half of fertile land on earth is now farmland. 70% of birds are domestic, mainly chickens, um, and there's little left of the world and we're completely destroying it. He says that food production now enters crisis. Our potentials are being lost every single day. We cannot support billions of meat eaters. If we all ate only plants, we'd need only half the land we use at this moment. So, um, full disclosure, I have um, been uh, eating a plant-based diet since 1968. So I have a horse in this race that may qualify or even disqualify uh, what I want to talk about in the podcast today, which is the shift um, if there had not been an article, though, in a scientific psychological publication, I would not have gotten on my soapbox about, about this issue. Uh, a, a sidebar in this, um, you know, people say, well, um, you know, plant-based, protein, blah, 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 and everybody looks towards soybeans. And people have to realize that over 70% of the soya that is grown today on the planet is for animal food, not for us. So it isn't that they're growing all this these soybeans for us, they're growing it to further feed animals. So the land is not being put to production to produce a plant-based diet for humans, but rather to um, you know continue to supplement and produce uh, what we are consuming in, in terms of, of beef, pork, chicken, and so on. All right, so let me go right to this article from the behavioral scientist. Uh, the author is Christine Gravert, and she's from the University of <coughs> Copenhagen in Denmark. And uh, she is a behavioral economist, and she's trying to look at ways that we might encourage uh, consumption of, uh, more consumption of a plant-based diet from a psychological perspective. 
and she uses the term design and architecture, uh, uh, ways to uh, place plant-based options before the public. But uh, she starts off with some kind of interesting statistics. First, she says that 60% of planted heating comes from food production. Now, we've got to be careful, because when she says comes from food production, I don't think she's saying just simply from meat. But she does use a statistic that was quite startling to me, that one kilogram of beef results in 70 kilograms of greenhouse gas. And that if there was a switch, uh, the use of land and resources toward plant-based consumption, there'd be a 90% reduction in such, such emissions. So this is kind of her platform uh, where she then can go forward and talk to us from a psychological perspective. All right, so the first part of it is her, <clears throat> uh, uh, She's done some research, but her summation in the research that bans and time-limited offers uh, don't work. Uh, let's take time-limited offers. Initially, she says many uh, uh, places, McDonald's tried it a few years ago, they'll say, hey, we've got a plant-based burger on the menu, limited time, uh, we're going to try this. Uh, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken has done this. And, uh, and they say when there's a limited time or a very isolated offer, uh, that this doesn't work. Uh, the, the converted will continue to uh, <clears throat> consume that product. And it's like preaching to the choir. The same thing where when restaurants become exclusively vegan or vegetarian uh, versus other uh, restaurants that are more exclusively meat. She says it, it won't affect anything, like opening more vegetarian restaurants uh, isn't really the way to go. The other thing that she argues about are, are bans, and she gave a couple of examples where meat products were banned in certain uh, uh, places. I think one was the Volkswagen, the Volkswagen commissary or something, and there was a huge protest. And we know that humans are highly prone to reactants. That means that uh, when there is a change coming toward them, there are people that are automatic uh, denialists and phobic to change. We see it with every sort of innovation, anything that comes along. So if you uh, ban something, uh, people come out of the woodwork and suddenly say, what are you doing? How come you're um, changing our uh, you know, our cocoon of convention. These are the structures, identities, beliefs, and uh, behaviors that we wrap ourselves in. And so when those are poked or, or challenged, there are people that are more sensitive uh, to that. So banning it isn't the thing. You know, reactance is a, is a psychological phenomenon. So instead, as I've already stated, she likes the terms design and architecture. What she means by this is how you integrate the um, non-meat options with meat options. And she says there are certain ways to do this that are more encouraging. Borrowing from Sunstein's work on nudges, uh, she talks about the placement of items on a menu. So she says, you know, segregation, uh, uh, here's one menu, here's another, uh, doesn't work as well as uh, um, um, weaving in the plant-based options with the regular options on a menu. 
In her particular research, what they did was they put vegetarian options at the bottom, meat options at the top, and then reverse that. And she found that that very product placement led to a greater consumption of non-meat non uh, products. Uh, when the meat was high, there was only a 2% um, uh, uh, consumption of uh, plant-based. But when the plant-based was up on top, there was a 20%. Now, she says this is important because uh, in, in doing this, uh, people engage in what is referred to as the green default. That there's uh, the primacy of that, those first impressions can lead people to automatically default toward, toward that option. Um, in conclusion, in her work, she um, uh, talks about things like um, listing side by side. So you say, hey, um, uh, uh, beef, Angus beef, and then next to it is plant alternative, and that people can look at the two of them. She also says, not perhaps in that same format, but another format to be able to say, uh, consumption of this of, of the vegetable of the veggie option uh, reduces greenhouse greenhouse effects by 15 percent. Our plant-based diet has been demonstrated to be effective in reducing cardiovascular disorder by 15 percent, or something like that. So, so she's looking at seeding these very small things in, uh, and um, um, you know, and then and therefore using that to encourage people to change their diet. And then her ultimate goal is to, as Attenborough has suggested, affect our destiny on the planet. He took a hundred pounds of clay And then he said, hey listen I'm gonna fix this world today Because I know what's missing he rolled his big sleeves up And a brand new world began He created a woman And a, a lots of loving For a man Whoa, yes he did With just a hundred pounds of clay He made my life